Welcome to Backyard Philosophy, a podcast where a couple friends grab some cold ones, sit around the fire, and talk about science, philosophy, and history. Crack one open, sit back, and get a good laugh as we discuss everything from automation to why the meaning of life is 42. You know that weird uncle who suddenly got rich off Bitcoin after you've been making fun of him for years? That's right. We're going to be talking about Bitcoin, and we're going to be probably just as weird as your weird uncle. So grab yourself a drink and listen to us try and explain this phenomenon that's sweeping across the nation, world, country, whatever you want to call it. Before we get into too much of the history, what it is now, where it's going, who's trying to regulate it. Mike, how are you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing pretty good. I'm drinking some... Balakoon's bourbon, kind of one of my go-tos besides Buffalo Trace. And uh, how about you, my friend? What are you drinking? How are you doing? I'm doing great, and uh, I'm drinking some Coors Light, so I don't want to give anyone false ideas about how much I know about Bitcoin. <laughs> well, hopefully it won't be all about Bitcoin today. Uh, this kind of applies, hopefully, this episode to multiple cryptocurrencies, but since we're talking about Bitcoin, a little bit of the history. Bitcoin was... The Godfather kind of was the one that started cryptocurrency. It was created by a Satoshi Nakamoto, launched in January 2009, in response of the 2008 financial crisis. And since the creation of Bitcoin, more than 6,700 cryptocurrencies have been created. The second, probably most prominent one, which a has a very interesting future, in my opinion, which we'll get into later, is Ethereum, made in 2013 by... Sorry if I mispronounced this. This is made by a Russian immigrant that moved to Canada. Son. His name is Valentink Burton. He is, I think, 24, 25 at the time of this recording. And he has made the second most successful cryptocurrency. Which, at the time of this recording, Bitcoin is worth about $33,000. And Ethereum is worth about $2,300. And so that's no longer relevant because it's been 30 seconds. <laughs> I believe... The word you're looking for, Mike, is Ethereum. Ethereum? That's how you pronounce it? I see. I see. I know math. Do not know how to speak. But for that few living underneath the rock, cryptocurrency is a digital or virtual currency that is secured by cryptography. Cryptography is the practice of securing and having secure communication in the presence of a third party. So I talk to Nick, Nick talks to me, and we don't have Uncle Sam listening to our conversation which I feel like more cryptography is needed, Nick. That just, uh, that's another conversation for another time. But yeah, cryptocurrency, the very beginning, Bitcoin, was started because of a financial global crisis. And man or team, we're not quite sure, because we don't exactly know who this uh, Nakamoto is. He's remained anonymous, if he's still alive today. Uh, is made it so as a substitute currency for the entire world. Yeah, and he designed it in a way that the entire world would be comfortable with. Pretty similar to gold. Uh, don't jump too far ahead with me. Uh, Sorry. No, no, no. I, I was just wondering, uh, the, the gold analogy is is a really good analogy on how cryptocurrency works, which I don't know if you have any more history, Nick, or I could just start jumping into how crypto works. No, that's pretty much all I had, too. So. <laughs> Starting to how it works. So crypto. Crypto is similar to any fiat money. The dollar, euro, ruple. It's made up. There's no central bank, and it's cross-dressing, checking its transactions. It's all done by the public. 
There's no central government, no central organization checking the transactions. The cross-checking and verifying of the transactions come from you, the listener, other people that, well, they end up making themselves rich, like people's uncles, like Nick said, and it's called blockchaining. A blockchain is pretty much, in simplified words, a international ledger. It's a ledger of digital currency. So cryptos, they have a key, right? This key is a dual identifier. The key to say, hey, anyone reading this in the ledger, this is my username information, and you, the key, is say, hey, this is I can prove myself, so it's not someone trying to falsely be me. And it's really nice because that way Nick can't pretend to be me and I can't pretend to be Nick and steal each other's Bitcoins. This being said, they do have some issues, which I'll address later in the podcast. And for you wondering, these keys, they're not physical keys. They're just a mathematical protocol to prove who you are. So a series of numbers, equation you have to solve, etc., etc. And how Bitcoin does it is in a hash function, specifically SHA-256. The SHA stands for Secure Hash Function. And the 256 is 256-bit, like the bit in your computer, the bit in your cell phone, that kind of bit. And Ethereum uses ETHash, which is a proof-of-work algorithm, so a little bit different. And for those wondering, a hash function is a math function. For example, uh, SciShow on YouTube did a fantastic example on this. If you have... A function, 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 equals 10. Well, the 1, 2, 3, 4 is your input. The 10 is the output. On the ledger, so one of the keys, you'd put a 10. This is just all symbolism at this moment. It's much more complicated than that, but I think it's a good analogy. The 10, the output, you put on there. And you would hold on to the input. And so you could verify who you are using the input to get that correct number. Now you might be saying, well, why can't you use any number? 5 times 2. Well, it won't match. You need the round peg to go through the round hole. And the cool part is you can have simple outputs like 10, but have dozens and dozens and dozens of different inputs. So think about how many different ways there are to get to 10. Just simple mathematics. And these aren't complicated math equations that are used in Bitcoin, but just simple math equations. You got two times five, three plus seven. You got one plus two plus seven, like all these different variables. So it makes it much, much harder to crack. Now, people will run these hash functions to verify the transactions of the Bitcoin, the cryptocurrency, whatever cryptocurrency being used. These people are called miners. No, not since we're talking about uncles, not those kind of miners, but M-I-N-E-R-S, miners. <laughs> and they run the mathematics and create a new page in the ledger, the ledger being the blockchain. And every time a new page is added, it's a new block. And you start to trace all these blocks, transactions, and that's where you get the blockchain. All the blocks start piecing together and adding each other. So you can literally identify from the very beginning of when Bitcoin started what transactions have been made. Now, granted, you might not know who did it, but you just know who, what the transactions were made and maybe their username, not necessarily who they are. These miners, again, not those kind of miners, these miners are processing the power to check and verify and keep track of the ledger. And in turn... Every block made or helped made, 12.5 Bitcoin is created, adding to the market. And the miners who help create a new block get a piece of that action. So say there's 10, pa there's 10 more uh, pages added to the ledger. That's 10 more blocks. That means 
12.5 more Bitcoins are entered into the world. That way, the more people who enter the market, it helps increase and keep up with the inflation of people adding to the market. This is also important to note, it's not universal of creating 12.5 Bitcoins. Slowly, after a set amount, the amount of Bitcoins released decreases. Currently, every 210,000 blocks, the amount of blocks get cut in half. So in a few years, I think it's like 2025, the 12.5 Bitcoins released into the world to help, you know, uh, calibrate for new market growth, new uh, in, uh, inflation, will be cut to 6.25 coins from every, for every block instead of so the 12.5 that's currently at. And eventually, I believe it's like year 2040, there'll be no more Bitcoins introduced into the world. It will be solely, you know, tips from the miners and transactions, not really anything more. And like Nick pointed out, which is, I think, a good point for Nick to take over, this is exactly pretty much how the world mimics gold trade and gold inventory. It's not that far different. Yeah, and there's, a, like you said, there will eventually be all the Bitcoins will, will be possessed by, by people. And so then it becomes finite, which should, you know, it's similar to gold where you can't just make more. It's not, you know, it's not like a like the U.S. dollar where we can just print more. There's a finite number of, of Bitcoins out there. Which oddly makes sense to me, Nick. I don't know if it makes sense to you that maybe we shouldn't just constantly keep printing money. But, you know. Yeah, but that's uh, not how a lot of the world works. So we'll see. That's hypothetical. You know, who knows if we'll just keep inflating Bitcoin like we do other currencies. I, I don't know. Well, hopefully we'll get into that later in the podcast, but overall, the explanation of using mathematical functions to keep track, ledgers, miners, that's all pretty similar across the board for cryptocurrency. Some noticeable difference between the big two, Bitcoin and, how do you pronounce it again, Nick? Ethereum? Ethereum. Ethereum. Uh, is their block time and their smart features or con contracts, depending on who you talk to. Bitcoin has a block time, about 10 minutes. And Ethereum has about 12 to 15 seconds for their block time. Bitcoin has no smart contracts. Ethereum, you can have conditions of the contract. So if I task Nick to do this in X amount of time, he doesn't reach that time, he doesn't get the cryptocurrency. Like I can have dotting the I's and crossing the T's in the contract for cryptocurrency. And block time is simply just the amount of time required to make another page in the ledger that's all it is just how much time it takes to process that mathematical formula to add on to the the ledger and like i said blockchains are avail publicly available to everyone you can see all the transactions ever made by bitcoins granted you can't maybe see what they're for or exactly who they're to but you can see the ledger all transactions are recorded and available and it's very important that you know it's it's not just the honor system. If you check the math and you don't get it right, someone else will get that, will check it, get it right, and get the Bitcoins, and then you're kind of out of luck. I think it's important. The miners aren't physically doing the math problems themselves. They're using their computer's processing power to run mathematical formulas and algorithms to do it, and that's what the mining is. The mining is not physically getting into coal mine. It's using your computer to process information and dig away at it and get the correct answer. Main miners you tend to use either CPUs or ASIC. ASIC is just, for those unfamiliar, stands for Application Specific Integrated Circuits. 
and CPUs. I really hope everyone's familiar with their CPUs. It's kind of the brains of your computer or smart device that you may or may not be listening to this to on. Yeah. Um, something we talked about. So the the actual number of Bitcoins that there will ever be is 21 million coins. And there's no, uh, there's no limit on... Uh, so Ethereum is the network and Ether is like the the coin ether is the coin using the ethereum network as the currency there's no limit on that i i also think it's a important note um i'm not sure if ethereum does it but i think bitcoin might be trying to fight it uh, a lot of cryptocurrencies are kind of going against asic asic being that process which is the application specific integrated circuits so with cpu your computer and brains you can do a lot with your computer with asic devices it's pretty much only for mining it is it's just a, it's just a slave that's all it is it's just dragging away trying to chip away at that and a lot of cryptocurrency f- makers and founders aren't exactly the happiest with it so they're trying to make it kind of asic proof which i'm not sure how i feel about that but allowing it to non be to be asic against allows a lot more individuals private individuals to be able to mine which there's a dual-edged sword, which I'm not sure how I feel. But with miners come a lot of issues. And again, not those kind of miners, just the the Bitcoin miners, the crypto miners. During the Me Too movement, it's important to specify <laughs> what kind of miners you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a problem I never thought I would actually have, but uh, who knows. But the amount of energy and heat generated by mining so for all those listening i assume once in your lifetime you've had a laptop and it's gotten hot underneath you know the computer's working hard battery's taking energy it gets hot well that's a lot of electricity being drawn into your computer your laptop that's a lot of heat given off now imagine having ten thousand all in a warehouse going at once yeah it's gonna rack up the uh, electricity bill and uh the cooling bill quite quickly hell Bitcoin mining is currently responsible for 0.31% of the world's entire electricity usage. Now, you might just say 0.31%. That's not a lot. 0.31% of the entire world. That's a huge amount of electricity being used for Bitcoin mining or just crypto mining. Let's see. What else? What, what uses? I mean, what, what percentage of the world's electricity does Vegas use to light it up? Well, uh... I don't can't I can't help you with Vegas, but in 2020, Bitcoin mining alone used as much power as the entire Czech Republic of all of 2020. So how does that relate to how much power the Death Star uses? <laughs> Equal to so much than... power. Yeah, but uh, entire businesses are built off just mining. In Iceland, a CEO, not quite sure what to call him. His entire job is just mining. He has warehouses with hundreds of thousands of asics or cpus not quite sure mining for cryptocurrencies there are i I remember coming across this i think it's in maryland um the town had a law way back law like it should have been on date where the town can't increase the electricity bill because they use a hydro dam so a bunch of miners moved there to you know use of course electricity which is just draining the system the system can't keep up with it uh, I believe different in different countries and cities, entire powers have gone out because the amount of people drawing energy to keep mining. It's ridiculous on how much 
people are all in. But there's a lot of money on the Rhine. Like I said, one Bitcoin right now is about $33,000. And there's 21 million of them out there for people to get. Well, not exactly. Uh, that's a bit for later. It's actually going to piss you off, Nick, because it definitely pissed me off. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of money up for grabs. But that's the reason, again, a lot of heat being generated, a lot of computer parts being processed and made, which are unfortunately coming from like China and different countries, which are not necessarily the most ethical resources to be imported. Uh, that comes with a lot of issues. But a lot of people like crypto. A lot of people don't. Good thing about crypto is no more banks, no more central government, no exchange of currency. It's kind of useful, and it's also kind of anonymous. Bad things, uh, it can be used for whatever you want. It And uh, yeah, I'm not really seeing that much of a downside of crypto. Nick, maybe you can jump in here. Well, so yeah, it, it's one thing that I've found is that it's not as... It seems everyone always talks about how cryptocurrency is untraceable, but it seems like it's more traceable than people say it is, um, because every transaction is recorded, and they would just have to know, you know, what your hash is. So it's in a sense they can track it. Now, will the the government do that? That's another question. Most likely, if there's money out there, they're going to get it. I mean, let's be honest. Even the Joker wasn't fool enough to take on the IRS. No, exactly. Um, no, I, I like you said, I like it, cutting out the banks. And, you know, it's it's all made-up money anyway, right? So just a new made-up money for us to, to play with. See, that's what I thought. But apparently, a lot of countries are just outright banning it. Just to name a few, Algeria, Bangladesh, Bolivia, Colombia, China... Uh, Cambodia, Ecuador, Egypt, Indonesia, Iran, the list goes on and on. It seems, uh, I, I also noticed very similar with this list, a lot of these countries that are banning crypto, I wouldn't call exactly freedom-friendly countries, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, I and mean, anything that's harder to control, you know, it's it's easier to control dollars. You got some central banks that control most of the dollars moving around in the country. Something that's relatively new and unknown is not as easy to control so yeah i could see i mean that that's exactly you know that's it's exactly why i don't know you know what's going to happen right because we're not going to use a currency united states that the government doesn't recognize because it's going to be a pain to pay taxes and they're going to make it fucking difficult for us to do that because they want to be in control of everything so i that's why it's like it needs i don't see it replacing the dollar anytime soon because it Uncle Sam's going to make it hard hard to do that. You know, it's one country that first wanted to ban it, but reversed its direction, and was a country not expecting, but is kind of all on board for cryptocurrency, is Russia. Russia is kind of in favor now of crypto. They're trying to heavily introduce crypto and the future of crypto creators and makers and miners in their country, which I thought was very interesting. Now, granted, you could make the argument that, well, Russia wants to use crypto to bypass other countries' sanctions, uh, tariffs, et cetera, et cetera, which is true. But the idea that Russia wants a currency that's harder to trace, because for those who don't know, here in America especially, uh, every time you see those bill counters, you know, they're rolling through like a Rolodex of money. They're not just counting how many bills they are. They're actually physically taking pictures of every serial number so they can identify what state that serial numbers in, et cetera, et cetera. It, the amount of time and energy processed to 
keep track of every single bill and every transaction. And the w- one thing I want to point out is your banks aren't your protector for your transactions. Like, say, sorry, Nick, I'm going to throw you under the bus here a little bit. Uh, this is a joke, but uh, it might not be, but it's funny to me. If, say, Nick bought a dildo and Nick wanted to keep it a secret, but, you know, the government wanted some dirt on him, they could ask the bank for his bank statements. Granted, that's what Nick purchased. That's his own private information. But the banks consistently, doesn't matter what bank it is, gives over that information. That's your transaction, your information that it just willingly gave away. Now, I was told there would be discreet shipping. Ha! <laughs> ha! Uh, yeah, but the banks just say they'll hide your information and stuff like that. It's hide their information to the public, not to the government. But with crypto, it's kind of across the board they'll hide it to. Granted, there's always a way to see into it. Nothing will ever be perfect. But that was a big pill to me. No, not for buying dildos before you say it, Nick. I know where you're going. I just thought it was weird that Russia, who I've in the past I've seen be want to be more controlled of the people, be on board with crypto. I thought that was really weird. And I'd like to get your opinion on how you feel about Russia kind of taking charge as a first world country adopting and accepting crypto. I mean... How much money or time and energy does Putin have invested in crypto? I'd, <laughs> I'd imagine it all comes down to money. You know, if they think there's a profit that they can make, you know, if they're the first ones in, they think that's the way and they're going to profit from it. That's it's probably it, right? It's it's probably money, I imagine. They think that they're going to get rich doing that. Or they have a bunch and they encourage their country to use it, drive the value up. I don't know. That's my thought. Or they have spent so much time trying to control people, they figured out that they can't. And they can come and teach our government something. Bold statements by Nick, which I kind of like. And since I brought up bypassing sanctions and uh, tariffs from other countries, yes, people have used cryptocurrency in the past for criminal activity. Yes, criminals use crypto to buy illegal things. But criminals also use cash. They also use credit cards and debits. (laughs) Are you fucking with me? Yeah, what was it? So you're telling me people launder money and they, they, they use cash, the same cash I use to purchase illegal things? <laughs> I thought you meant legal things, but yeah, sure, Nick. Isn't it like what every every nine out of ten bills have cocaine traces on them or something like that? I, lo- I do love this country. <laughs> yeah, uh, no system is perfect. No system is clean. No system has uh, not gotten its tail dirty going down the rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. So, and I don't think that we can we can blame the U.S. dollar for crime, but I also don't think we can blame cryptocurrency for crime. There might be another driver besides the the face of the U.S. dollar or cryptocurrency for crime, but that's a whole nother whole nother thing. Well, to dig myself in a little deeper hole, uh, I also saw the argument that people have said that crypto is being used to fund terrorism. At the same time, all money in all countries have been used to fund terrorism in one form or another. There's no currency in the world that hasn't been somehow transactioned, switched through different accounts, different banks, that has gone to enemies of freedom. Like, no one's one's cleaning this. Money's simply a tool. What you use it for is up to you. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, just think of money as another good in, in a barter system. It's bartering, except you're bartering with the value like Mike said, money is the the tool that's used. It's not creating the crime. It's not exasperating the crime. Maybe it is. Uh, I don't think it is. You know, people want power. 
They don't necessarily want money. They want the power that comes with money. I, I don't think you can blame crime on cryptocurrencies as much as you can blame it on any other normal currencies. You're going to get crime for a lot of different reasons, but one of them isn't, oh shit, the government can't track where my Bitcoin goes? <laughs> Time to do crime. <laughs> yeah, can't agree with you more there, my friend. And, uh, well, I keep pulling out the flaws, and sorry if I, I'm talking too much, Nick. Feel free to interrupt me whenever. Uh, crypto is not perfect. Just like the dollar bill can be forged, it can be uh, turned into uh, fake currency, it can be uh, mass-produced by a different country if they get right press and plates, uh, crypto is no different. Crypto can be hacked. Uh, one one attack that's kind of people are trying to figure out how to deal with are uh, 51% attacks. I don't know if you came across this, Nick. No, I did not. So when you're creating blocks for blockchain, so you're creating pages for the ledger, there's a thing called a 51% attack. So kind of simple and also complicated at the same time. A 51% tack is when hackers produce more than 50% of the blockchain's computing power. So therefore, they become the majority, the controlling of the ledger. Just for, again, it's not for a long time, maybe 20 minutes, but allowing for them to do become the controllers, become the majority, allows them to write the books how they want. So for a short time, they're allowing people to double spend. And double spend is simply, I send, I have $100 on this gift card, and I spend $100 on music and $100 on food. That's $200. It can't physically work. But using double pay, I can change the book to say it can work. So I, I only paid, so when I write in the ledger, I paid $100 for food. I will cross that out and erase it and say I paid $100 for music, even though I use that card twice. That's pretty much what double spending is. But that doesn't that doesn't seem that much different than writing a bad check or you know using a like sending a card that doesn't work, like a expired gift card kind of thing. No, that it's it's not. So, uh, God, Nick, how many times have you've gone to the store with a bad coupon and it's like two days after the expiration date? Pisses me off every single time. So I can't imagine the same with uh, with uh, cryptocurrency, but yeah, like like you said, bad checks they bounce and stuff like that. And unfortunately, another problem is, like gold, we can't just create it with fiat money like the dollar bill and the euro. We can just keep creating it. So a problem with cryptocurrency is it can get accidentally destroyed. And this is where I thought it might piss you off, Nick, because this pissed me off. An estimated twenty percent of all Bitcoin is non-retrievable whether that be lost on a flash drive water spilled on your computer and broke it uh your dog chewed up your hard drive whatever 20 percent of all bitcoin ever made right now is gone it is never retrievable it'll never see the light of day it'll never come back and that's worth about 13 billion dollars right now 13 billion dollars just vanished can't get it back can't produce more which i thought was really weird and really scary yeah i mean I think we've all heard the stories of someone who threw away a computer that had, you know, like a hundred bitcoins on it in, you know, twenty thirteen or something and, and now they're trying to find it. People are going through entire you know, landfills looking for that computer because it's got so much fucking money on it right now. Nick, you might not be the most tech savvy person, but have you ever just thrown out a phone or a hard drive without cleaning it first or copying it and storing it? 
No, but I have lost a bunch of shit throughout my life as being what some people would call forgetful. That's not true. <laughs> what my wife would call forgetful. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know. That just seems so... But I've never lost, I've never just been like, oh shit, did I, did I throw out that, you know, 400 grand? Oh, if, Nick, if you ever get to that point where you can lose 400 grand and not really care, uh, don't forget about your good old friend. But yeah, I... That that kind of scares me. Like, imagine over time, eventually. All right, say by the year we hit twenty forty, no more bitcoins being made. I'm just using Bitcoin because it's kind of the one household name. Uh, no more bitcoins being made. I imagine in the next you know hundred years, so say uh, twenty one forty, there's gonna be a lot more of that money lost. Say if it lasts that long, uh, is lost to water damage to storms. It's not going to re- get replaced. So yes, you can argue that. The amount of bitcoins get to go up, but eventually, if we keep going on that path, there will be no more currency. Yeah, but the, so the price would rise though to meet you know the the demand of whatever is out there. If it, if people are still using it by that time, which let's be honest, it's probably going to change to something else by the time it's all gone. I don't know. Who knows? But that's almost you know you can't just print more of it, which is the nice thing. Maybe you should be able to you know to like we print. I don't know what percent, but a set amount of money every year just to account for lost or destroyed dollars. Here, 5%. So maybe they should do something like that. But, you know, what if some of that that we thought was lost isn't lost and then it just completely destroys the value? I, I don't know. That's that's a, that's an economic question, I guess. Speaking with weird questions, it is technically possible for someone to collect all the Bitcoins in the world. You can't do that with any other currency, which I thought was very interesting. How would one go about doing this? We'll say it's an, it doesn't have to be Bitcoin uh, specifically. It could just be cryptocurrency. You are in the foundation. You keep collecting all of them. You're storing on a flash drive, not releasing them, not spending them. It'd be like a, like a rare collectible. And you just keep mining them, being like the max miner. And every time someone wants to uh, get some, you just buy it from them. You could literally have a monopoly on a cryptocurrency, which you can't have on a euro or uh, again there are 6500 different types of cryptocurrency some are worth pennies upon pennies upon pennies upon the penny some of them are like like 0.000005% of a penny so sp- speaking of these um, other cri- other cryptocurrencies sometimes they're called altcoins but my favorite is a lot of times they're just called shitcoins and i thought that was hilarious i'll be honest i didn't i've never heard of shitcoin I've only heard of uh, altcoin. It's basically a synonym with altcoin. <laughs> so anything that's considered an altcoin can also be considered a shitcoin. So a doggo coin is a shitcoin. Interesting. Interesting. Makes sense. I believe the term is dogecoin. Doge. I am messing up my words left and right today. But uh, it is interesting how the newer generation, I, by newer generation, I say millennials and up, are all for it, and the older generation is not. Even Jimmy Buffett's against cryptocurrency, but a lot of innovators, I mean, depending on what side the bed Elon Musk waves up, he's either for or against, who can tell? And a lot of modern bankers who are rising up in the world are in favor of cryptocurrency, but the old generation is not. Granted, uh, the reason why Jimmy Buffett doesn't really like it is because it's not regulated, and that's probably kind of why... The new generation likes it. It's because it's not regulated. It's a little bit more your fate in your own hands. It's more, you know, the fuck the establishment kind of, what would you call that? Like, uh, you know, 
the re the rebellious kind of younger generation, you know. Man, there's got to be a word for that. Anyway, I think it's something to do with that, you know, whereas if you have all your money in some other system and someone's like, what if we try this new thing? I'd also be like, the fuck we do. I like being a millionaire. Personally, I, I, I don't know what it's like, but I imagine it's pretty sweet. I hope to feel that feeling one day. And for uh, a lot of people, I, 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 when something like the governments of the world and banks are kind of against, I'm like, ooh, what is this thing that's possibly good for all humans that I might need to be involved with? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it is interesting, too, that it's cryptocurrency. It's not, I mean, there's some, like, um, what is it? The uh, Venezuela has the Petro which is their own cryptocurrency. But for the most part, they're they're not really tied to a uh, nation. So it is like a global dollar that everyone is, you know, there's no like exchange rate. And a Bitcoin in the United States is worth the same as a Bitcoin in Russia and an Ether in the US is worth the same as an Ether in Turkey. I don't know if I'm naming countries that aren't allowed to use. No, I think you so far named every country that still, still allows it. I mean, hell, some, okay, good. some countries have now ATMs that operate via bitcoin which is so weird and so cool at the same time and it's kind of really nice not having to worry about that currency saying having like a planetary global system of economy is kind of nice uh just for exchange rates and buying things now granted it didn't really exactly work out for the european union because you know countries like <coughs> greece uh but that's a conversation for another time but having a currency that's easily available and usable across the world seems like a very beneficial thing to have but a question to have is there are things i don't understand how crypto works and maybe you can help me with nick is how do you deal with taxes and loans taxes uh, a lot of companies now are paying even their employees solely in cryptocurrencies not paying them like a pay stub but cryptocurrencies you could use the blockchain, maybe, I'm not 100% sure, to verify what you're getting paid so the IRS knows, but it also seems like it's easier to hide, so maybe they don't know. So how do you declare taxes? And then loans is, I'm, 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 I have no idea how loans would work with cryptocurrency. Well, I don't know if this is uh, going to answer your question, but so in cryptocurrency is treated just like property, like you buy a house at 150,000 you sell it today at you know seven times 700,000 just kidding the housing market's not that crazy but it's pretty close um and you have to pay taxes on that you have to pay your capital gains tax on uh your property and bitcoin and uh cryptocurrency is the same way however much you buy you know you record your what you buy and then when you sell it you have to pay your capital gains tax on that now the question is, how do they monitor that? And that I don't know. Because one or the other, the IRS always gets their money. If you do, if you do a lot, yeah, if you do a lot of cryptocurrency exchange, you're supposed to register with the uh, Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, which is part of the Department of the Treasury, and so then they can monitor it that way. But I don't know what the I mean, like you said, they're going to get their money one way or another. So if you don't do it, they're going to make you do it, I imagine. But I don't know what what's considered a financial uh, or what's considered like a substantial amount. Yeah, well, maybe because like we mentioned, you can have contracts inside of cryptocurrency. 
maybe the next generation of cryptocurrency that because one way or the other i don't see governments not getting involved into this maybe you could have a contract where every transition based on where you are a certain percentage of exchange rate goes to the government so that's your taxes now grant but what what government is the question that's what i was going to point out i thought it would be very interesting you can maybe use like a vpn and you can switch where you are so whatever government has the least amount of taxes people switch their vpn and their ip address to that which is a problem but or maybe or a solution if you don't want to pay taxes you know glass half glass half (laughs) full glass half empty uh yeah yeah or maybe um simply you just instead of charging 40.99 for a bag of chips at a gas station you now charge eight dollars and now you don't have to pay income tax because now those taxes of that percentage of chips is split and goes to the government or at least the or the industry that controls it so I'm kind of I'm kind of talking as I through this as I, I uh, explain it. So uh, bear with me. So say you go to a gas station, you, you know, a couple of buddies are on a fishing trip. You're hungry. You're on the way. You stop, get some bag of chips and some water. Total cost is five bucks. Well, instead of having that be the five bucks, and then later on you pay income taxes on your overall salary, you now switch it up. So now you're paying eight dollars at that gas station. So higher upfront costs, but you don't have to pay that's you paying for everything you buy in a year so long term for a person if they don't spend a lot of money they pay less taxes if they spend more money they pay more taxes which you could argue make the people be more frugal but anyhow you pay i'm gonna give you a compliment and an insult here mike that's a really good idea that's so good the government would never do it that's so simple (laughs) you have to think way harder to come up with a worse solution Damn, 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 damn. Uh, well, hang on. Let me let me fill up my glass and uh, try that again. All right. How about we just have no more government taxes? How about we just yippee ki Everyone just trades and barters. No more taxes. Like if you want your street fixed, everyone's got to chip in to pay. Don't know. Seems like a terrible idea because taxes are beneficial. And that was the community. last thing we heard from Mike. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but taxes and loans are important for civilization so it's really weird to me that i i can't quite figure out a good way to do it with cryptocurrency i mean wouldn't it be pretty similar just the currency would be different of you know if you're getting a loan you know you'd be given that cryptocurrency and then be given back at the whatever rate now the idea is i think if we're at the point where cryptocurrencies are being used instead of the u.s dollar or whatever currency you're using it's not going to be this crazy up down kind of situation. It's going to be a lot more stable currency. So I, I think it it really would be pretty simple. Now maybe it's not the banks giving. Maybe it's somebody. I don't know of who did the banks just get into crypto and it's essentially dealing with the same person. Well, they are the oldest bank in America. The New York fuck me. I can't remember their name. Uh, is starting uh, crypto stuff. But you uh, you made me think of something, Nick, if I could pivot for just a second. Crypto, compared to normal fiat money, has much more fluctuation. Crypto is almost like the stock market. Some days it's high, some days it's low, changes all over the board, especially depending on who's talking. Cough, cough, Elon Musk. Uh, and Jeff Bezos and Valerie Putin and Joe Biden, depending on if they're talking about it, tends to go down. But fiat currency tends the same 
pretty consistent or low change. Cryptocurrency does level out quite quickly and fix. Like uh, the current crash in the crypto market is there's actually quite a big conspiracy that a lot of whales crashed it a little bit so they can buy in low to cra- uh, until it goes back up normal. But the ability to f- highly fluctuate it is a lot easier with crypto than it is with fiat money. I just want to throw that out there as a negative for crypto, that it's a lot more manipulative by the market rather than consistency. Yeah, and but I, I think over time, you know, it, I've never uh, undergone a change from one currency to another, but hypothetically, I imagine that's not a smooth transition. It's I painful. imagine that's normally a pretty aggressive transition, especially most times when there's a currency transition, there's usually a regime change. So yeah, I imagine that's that's something that is probably pretty normal when you transition currency. And I, not, not that I'm saying that I think we'll transition currency. I think there's probably going to be both for a long time, but I, I don't know. I thought you're cha- saying changing currency via different countries, not entire country changing currency. My mistake, because uh, changing countries kind of sucks by itself, because sometimes the change rate's like 10%, which is awful. Uh, yeah, but I agree with you. Yeah, and even though it's you're supposed to be getting the same value, it somehow feels like you're not. Everyone's got to make money somehow. But no, I agree with you. I don't see... I just kind of see cryptocurrencies being an acceptable form. Like you have a debit card, you have a credit card, you have cash, you have crypto card. I can see that being a real possibility. Like um, maybe maybe uh, an item you like. What what's the number you don't have to pay taxes on if you're giving a gifter a cash? It's like sixty three thousand nine hundred forty eight dollars, something like that. It's a one time gift offer for someone that you don't have to pay taxes for. Maybe maybe it's like another one of those with cryptocurrency. Yeah, and I think the big draw to cryptocurrency is that it's something that the government can't track. So I'm just curious of if we did make it like a, a national currency, if it would still have an appeal. Not that they can't track it, but it's currently not taxed. Or, well, if you're big enough, it's taxed. Well, where I see it happening is each country either making their own crypto, like you said with Venezuela, or each republic like uh like uh the European Union, the UN and what's uh America North the North American trade thingy called between NAFTA NAFTA. All of those having their own cryptocurrencies and then just have different exchange rates based on those crypt uh different you know uh granted I don't want the UN making cryptocurrency. That sounds like an awful idea. But uh yeah, having uh the, the European Union or uh the African Alliance or or uh uh oh god what's it called what's well this sounds like one slow morph into a central currency you know you're taking the u.s dollar the canadian loonie i forget exactly what their money's called <laughs> but i'm pretty sure that's yeah, one of them i'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's loonie. one of them yeah. and then the peso and rolling them into one and then kind of doing that geographically so i imagine this is kind of the first step towards a global currency of some sort i i, I don't know but if it seems like that's what we're talking about is as the world transitions to this, that maybe this is the first step towards one currency, you know, globalization, what they say. You know what is interesting, Nick? Speaking of globalization and uh, one currency, you know what country wasn't on the ban list, but somehow I doubt they have any cryptocurrency? North Korea. God damn it, you beat me to it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, does North Korea even have... 
I mean, they have electricity for their electric fences, but do they have electricity for Do they else? even have currency? <laughs> Good question. Uh, yeah, I mm, I don't know. It, it. I just love how countries that highly tax people don't like cryptocurrency and countries that want to control their people don't have cryptocurrency. It seems... China. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's, that's a pig on LSD, which is scary, scary, scary. But it seems like cryptocurrency is just another form of investing. Like, if you don't want your people to invest in gold, I would say that's very tyrannical. Uh, having the ability to have different forms of currency, different forms of investment, is up to you I, as an individual, not a entity. But, God, Nick, I'm probably going to get assassinated tonight. Yep. I never knew you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's very funny to me how, at first, the in America... I don't know if you remember this, Nick, but like in 2015, 2017, crypto was kind of a joke. Now it's something entire industries are best are based on. Entire servers, entire buildings, air conditioning, multi-million dollar investments, people making entire careers on telling you how to invest in Bitcoin, how to build certain computers to make uh, it easier to run to collect uh, Bitcoins. It's amazing how quickly things have changed yeah and i think that's i mean i can't imagine this is the first time an entire industry has popped up out of a joke someone made but not that this is based off a joke but everyone yeah everyone knew you know that that one guy who has talked about cryptocurrency like what five six years ago and we're like everyone made fun of that guy and now look what happened he's your rich uncle with a lot more money to deal with like uh, yeah, someone can afford to buy a two by four. <laughs> yeah, I I honestly don't know the future of uh, cryptocurrency. I if I had to make an educated guess, I would say all cryptocurrencies now will eventually die out, and a new one would replace it. That will be a global accepted currency. I think these are the forefathers, the foundation of figuring shit out what works and doesn't work. And I think by 2050 to 2070 a new cryptocurrency will come out that'll be much more solidified and accepted and universal and that currency is dogecoin Ooh, i, I was i was thinking something with the flowers in it you know i'll, I'll make my own cryptocurrency but yeah uh also i have no idea where to start even how to come up with the idea of how to code cryptocurrency that is uh that seems crazy you know it's also crazy nick there's things called pre-mining. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Yeah, pre-mining. It's a kind of a new fad in the newest cryptocurrencies, which I'm not a big fan of. So pretty much pre-mining is setting aside a large sum of the initial release of big, not Bitcoins, initial release of cryptocurrencies that you control and how you release them. So rather than being mined through the algorithms and mathematical formulas, it's literally the organization holding on to them, much like a bank, releasing the money where they want, kind of dripping it in. And it seems much more governmental agents to me. The pre-mining to me of, say, all right, so this is a hypothetical. Say you're going to release 100 Nick coins. And of these 100 Nick coins, you save 25% for your company, uh, 15% for your company, 20% to go to your investors, and then 50% to go to wherever and then the rest have to be mined so other people don't get a chance that crypto so you're pretty much just making a facade money with no backing and no mathematical proofs i 
I'm not a big fan of pre-mining, as you can probably tell by my tones. I just thought it was so strange that the kind of common practice, especially in the U.S., I think there's like two or three cryptos that do it, which I am, that just seems so foreign and strange to me. Yeah, but I feel like it's one of those um, things that because it's really hard to get, the ch- your chance of getting it, it makes it more valuable. And I mean, it's not saying it's going to be used as a crypto, more as a currency, but I think it's more of a collectible, like a crypto collectible than a cryptocurrency. Kind of like an NFT, I feel like. of It's kind of just like, this is cool to have. I own this. There's no real application of this at all, but this is mine. Oof, NFTs is a whole other conversation for another day because that is is a can of worms that kind of pisses me off. But another thing that's really interesting, like we said, a lot of cryptocurrencies can't be remade once they're lost. Well, we mentioned it in a different episode of uh, Space Debris. We should go check out Backyard Philosophy or anywhere else on the podcast. What happens if there is giant satellite crashes? The tumbling effect that just ruins all the low Earth orbits. So you can't get on the internet. You can't trade anymore. I mean, with hard currency, that would still last for at least a short while of being able to trade and barter. And solid currency, like uh, gold and silver, would still be able to trade and borrow. But cryptocurrency is solely an internet-based. It's solely digital. Its only existence, as long as the electricity... And the internet is still running, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, but at the same time, most people don't have that much cash on hand. Most people rely on their debit credit card, and maybe they have, like, what's in their wallet? Anywhere between 0 to $100. So how long is that really going to last? I think everything is pretty reliant on the internet. I think if the internet comes down, I think humanity's least concern, I mean, it's, well, it's a reasonable concern of how we're going to transfer wealth, but... I think the bigger concern is going to be how is power distributed, shit like that, more so than I can. So many problems. I can tell you how uh, distributed worth, uh, distribute of wealth is going to work with no internet. Who's got more bullets? Yeah. So cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency may be the only thing during the pandemic that gained more value than ammunition. Ooh, I didn't think about that. I don't know if that to be true, but I. That sounds it sounds right. Quite right. Ammunition, yeah. lumber, yeah, sounds right. cryptocurrency, the big three. <laughs> three important things, right? <laughs> three such very different things. I want to build my house. <laughs> I want to be protected from the government. I don't want to see how much money I make. Oh, you could build, you could take that crypto to build a house the government doesn't know about to store your ammunition you don't want the government to know about. Well, that's the American dream right there. Oh, oh. I, I got a little hot in here, Nick, me saying that steamy sentence. And dead. Just like that, dead. <laughs> Why are all these uh, red lasers pointing at me? Your cat's going fucking nuts in your apartment right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this is, a, this is kind of a loaded question because even I don't know if I have an answer for it. But if you could possibly think of a way to make cryptocurrency more protective more secure how or at least have a different feature to it like you know bitcoin doesn't have the contract like uh some cryptocurrency has so you can add that variable of hey if he doesn't pay on the time he doesn't get this amount of money what other feature would you want to add to a cryptocurrency to you personally nick like uh 
yeah like i i don't I, like i i don't know like would you want your cryptocurrency to be like a biometric scan so only person with your hand can use it or something like that yeah i mean you know it's just like anything you know you're gonna put valuable things in a safe you'd have to have some way to protect it that's not some fucking password you gotta change every three months so you just do you know a different letter or a different number at the end every year um they have cold wallets right where you can put your crypto into and then it kind of takes it out of the you know, if you're not going to spend it for a long time, you can put it in this place that doesn't, uh, I mean, you can't, it won't, it won't be lost or stolen. So that's one thing, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, biometrics maybe, I mean, it's, I think the biggest part for me is it's something like, and that, that it doesn't make any sense because it's not that much different than a normal bank. You know, I have money in a bank account that I don't have, but I also have reserve cash on hand definitely not in my house robbers um but i have physical stuff i can hold in my hands like you're saying maybe it's not the entire internet goes down but there's some kind of emergency or something i still have cash i don't know how that works with crypto of can i have reserve crypto i can keep on hand in case of emergency well maybe on a flash drive or something like that but again if the internet and electricity goes out not really um I, hmm, hmm, that is, that is a tricky one. I'm, hmm, I, for me personally, one thing I would like is to have a more complex ledger. So with the ledger system, how it works is, uh, so you have multiple, led, you have multiple people processing the information across the world. So there's different time zones, different areas, different computing power, different internet, a lot of different variables. So it's, uh, I'm not exactly sh remembering how it sorts out, who gets, they choose the ledger, like, uh, so you don't accidentally double spend. Uh, but all those people who were close but no cigar to get the, the page in the ledger, maybe have offsets of that page. So that way you could double back and correct the ledger in the past if something happens. Like, say, there is a 51% attack. You could go back to the ledger and change that. But I don't know if it's possible to change ledger like i don't know if you can go back and change like a modern bank oh this person uh, uh accidentally deposited twice as amount money that they said written on the check we're gonna give this other half back because we can't accept it i don't think there's a way to do that with cryptocurrencies uh which is good and bad not quite sure but uh, nick i don't expect you to know this question but this is just me throwing it out there the ledger is like 108 gigs right now you can again read the ledger public where's the ledger stored what server is hosting the ledger for bitcoin um isn't it a collection of servers there's different nodes that are all linked together so if you take out one node it's all backed up on the other ones from what i understand so it's not in a centralized location it's decentralized that works that makes me happy i like that uh having fail safes but yeah for any of the one listening unless you have anything more to say nick nope that's as much as I know about Bitcoin. For anyone listening, we would love to hear your ideas on how to improve cryptocurrency, like features you, you would want to add into the cryptocurrency. This was a... How do I use this to not pay taxes? Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's a... Uh, there's a... Cryptocurrencies, I think, here to stay, and I would like to hear how we can improve on it. And if they want to tell us where to improve upon it, where could they find us, Nick? 
You can find us on YouTube and Instagram at Backyard Philosophy Podcast and let us know what you think. Before we uh, get out of here, though, Mike, what are you reading? I am still reading Napoleon by Andrew Roberts. Unfortunately, I haven't had much time, so I am uh, still in the first quarter of the book, and I uh, am slowly marching through. What about you, Nick? What are you reading? Also, still reading Sex, Death, and Fly Fishing, hoping to finish it and got some traveling coming up and get to the next book but it's still really good still highly recommend it john Girock, good good author if you like fishing stories so that narrows it down to about four people but uh <laughs> would recommend again you can find us on instagram or youtube but you won't find us on twitter because the dumps are fire and apparently you won't find crypto on those sites either speaking of which Crypto is blocked from advertising on Twitter and Facebook and a lot of other social medias, which I thought was weird. That's hilarious. Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram 